brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You are better than they are. Believe in yourself. Believe in each other. It's what you've worked so hard for. This is the culmination of all the hard work, all the blood, sweat, and tears. It comes down to this moment right here. It's not too big for this group. In about two and a half, three hours, we'll be back in here celebrating the championship. Look at me. You're going to win. You believe that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You believe it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Get it done. Get it done. Get it done. Hey, bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. This is the Palmetto Preps Podcast with Tyler Cup. Will Morris back in at QB play action fake. Good pocket, good protection, throws, and that's caught into the end zone. Touchdown, Lugolf Elgin, a 30-yard touchdown strike. Scores, analysis, recaps, and previews of the week that was. 1.6 seconds on the clock. Steps up, fires for the end zone. Picked off, Batesburg-Leesville wins. The Panthers intercepted. That's Dontavious Morris. He's your hero. What a dramatic finish. And the week coming up in high school football. Back to throw. Now he's going to run toward the near side. 10, 5. Did he get in? Touchdown. He got it. Beautiful. Touchdown. Airborne. Play right there. works. Touchdown. Follow us on Twitter at Palmetto Preps SC. High snap. BC pressure. No good. No good. BC stops him. Poetic justice, Mike. Poetic justice. Now it's time for the Palmetto Preps podcast. Here is your host, Tyler Cup. Yeah, what is up? Palmetto Preps podcast, the rundown. Back at it. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we've done one of these, right? I was out with the sickness. I was still working the day-to-day job, but boy, oh boy, I had a nasty cough. I uh, missed work for like two days, which I don't do. I'm not that guy that misses work. But when you're working radio, sometimes your boss just says, get away from here so no one else gets sick. Uh, Because you only got so many voices in a local radio station. Uh, So uh, I did miss a couple days and uh, had a terrible cough. Uh, uh, You don't want to hear any of that. Bottom line is, missed a couple of weeks. I did do a scoreboard show back on Friday night. Hope you guys tuned into that. Welcome to the Palmetto Preps Rundown, the podcast. We have got a couple of cool things uh, on the program. This is going to be a, a shortened edition of the show. We're going to have a really good interview with Mike Hagens, who is the play-by-play voice for the Brooklyn Casey Bearcats. And if you're following high school football across the state, it's week 10. Everybody knows that. It's the last week before the postseason begins next Friday night. There's a couple storylines I want to hit, but I'm looking through the games this coming Friday night. And there's not a lot of great games. I mean, uh, we've had some big ones in uh, the last couple weeks that have essentially decided uh, region championships and whatnot. There are a couple games that, you know, obviously there's playoff implications on the line with who's going to host, who's going to go on the road, stuff like that. But there's a big one in the Midlands area. And of course, I'm a little biased because I cover high school football in the Midlands, Columbia area. But Brooklyn Casey and Airport. You couldn't ask for a better game in week 10 of the high school football season on a Friday night. You've got Brooklyn Casey, you've got Airport, 
two teams that are undefeated in the region, and it's all on the line this coming Friday night. Rivalry game, bragging rights, uh, uh, who's going to have that number one seed. Now, granted, the loser is still probably going to host, still probably going to be a two seed, but it also comes down to draw. A lot of times that draw is better as a one seed. We'll also get into sometimes the draw is better as a two seed. <laughs> There's a couple of coaches that have told me that this week and that they kind of prefer the two seed. But bottom line is this, that's great for high school football. Rivalry game, and it's all on the line this Friday, BC and Airport. We'll hear from Mike Hagans about that game. We'll hear about his start in broadcasting, which is a really cool story. A uh, very short 15-minute interview, which you'll hear in the podcast here coming up. We'll also hear from Mike Vaughn, my good friend Mike V, a three-minute report on some of the games happening in the upstate in uh, 2A, 3A, and some 4A games uh, that have some playoff implications on the line. I stripped some audio from 105.5 The Roar in the upstate. Uh, Mike Vaughn does a lot of high school football with those guys up there, so you'll hear a little bit on what's going on in the upstate. All right, so let's get to the schedule, shall we? Let's get to some of the games coming up this Friday night in high school football. We will start in classification 2A, some games that kind of jump out at me. Uh, that I think are going to be good and I know that have some implications on the line. Lee Central at Andrew Jackson, that is a great game. If you are near Kershaw, that is going to be a really fun game. And Andrew Jackson, very underrated place to watch a football game. You know, everywhere in Lancaster County, they've got that brand new turf. So let's see, Lancaster, Buford, AJ, I think I'm leaving out of school there, but they all have that brand new turf on their field and it looks so nice. Uh, some other games that jump out, Bamberg Earhart at Barnwell. Uh, Barnwell's got a quarterback that was just featured on our Twitter feed. Chris Clark did a great job with that. It was uh, uh, Pender uh, kind of breaking down film and, and and looking at the throws that he's making at Barnwell with the War Horses there. Uh, that's a really good football team there. I covered them last year. Louisville at Chesterfield. Interesting game here. This has a lot of playoff implications on it. Uh, North Central, the Knights are going to be pulling for Chesterfield to beat Louisville so the Knights can get into the postseason. Uh, Eau Claire at Columbia. I don't know if either of those teams have a win. I'll have to make sure of that, but that could be one of those inner city schools getting their first win. Columbia might have a win, but uh, Shamrocks and Capitals doing battle there. Uh, Abbeville at 96. The Panthers have already locked up the region. They're good to go. They'll take care of 96 there. Uh, Silver Bluff at Fox Creek. C.A. Johnson at Great Collegiate. Great Collegiate. They play in a region that they have some winnable games there with some inner city schools that are not having great years. You know, we'll call it like we see it. But Hunter Helms putting up some major numbers. I think he threw for seven touchdowns, 200 yards. I know his dad will correct me on Twitter. <laughs> Shout out to Todd Helms. Uh, but boy, oh boy, the Holy Cross commit is putting up ridiculous video game numbers uh, week in and week out for the War Eagles at a great collegiate. I think great collegiate could possibly make a run in 2A, but it also depends on their draw. It really depends on their draw and their matchups. But they have a running game with uh, Casey Adams. Obviously, they have the passing game. Defense could be the issue in terms of stopping a team like an Abbeville, stopping a team like a Buford uh, there in Class 2A. Uh, but, man, great collegiate. That could be a team to watch, uh, possibly making a run in the playoffs. Southside Christian, they're solid this year. They are at Landrum. That is in 2A. Battery Creek at Well Branch. Allendale Fairfax at Woodland. And Batesburg-Leesville at Saluda. That's always a good game when those two hook up. Pardon me. See, there's the cough. All right, let's go to Class 3A. Um, and I'm just looking at these for the first time, so bear with me. Keenan is at Camden. Now, 
Camden should win this game. Um, Camden has uh, reeled off a couple of big wins in their region after losing to Fairfield to open up region play. They uh, blistered Chester, like uh, I think it was like 28-7, beat up on any land 51-27. The Bulldogs own all the tiebreakers, and Camden's looking to win a region championship, I believe, for the first time since 2010. It's been a while, uh, so good for the Bulldogs. They've got one of the top junior running backs in all the state of South Carolina, and Willis Lane. He's got like 15, 1,600 yards rushing. Uh, Sherall's at Dillon. That's always a good one. Indian Lands at Fairfield Central. Um, Pelion's at Gilbert. Gilbert should take care of business there. Ainer at Lake City. <coughs> Pardon me. Mid-Carolina at Newberry is actually a really good game. Uh, Emerald at Union. Hanahan at Waccamaw. Crescent at West Oak. Battery Creek at Well Branch. And Clinton at Woodruff. Uh, should be a lot of points in that one. Clinton Woodruff should be a bit of a, a shootout there. Uh, possibly a good game. Uh, Wade Hampton is at May River. Uh, there's another one to keep an eye on. That is in Class 3A. Let's go to Class 4A, uh, where a couple games already jump out to me. I told you about the Brooklyn Casey Airport game. It's all on the line there. Daniel Belton Honeypath, that's a big game. Huge playoff implications on the line there. And, boy, that is one of the toughest places to win. Actually, both those schools. It's tough going up to D.W. Daniel and tough going up to Belton Honeypath to win a football game. Uh, I've actually called games at both those stadiums. Those are really tough places to play, especially in the late football months uh, as we're entering into the month of November uh, with these games being played on the first of the month. Uh, Lakewood at Crestwood, um, I, that could be for a playoff spot, actually. AC Floor is at Dreer. AC Floor trying to lock up the two seed after losing to Lower Richland a week ago. Uh, Ridgeview is at Lancaster. Orangeburg-Wilkinson at LR. That's a big one. All right, so Lower Richland has a kid by the name of Jamison Gansey who I've only seen highlights of. I have not seen him in person, but man, oh man, I have talked to coaches about him. Actually, I talked to Dustin Curtis this week, head football coach at AC Floor, was just named the uh, lower state 4A coach of the year. Congrats to him, one of my favorite guys uh, in the state. But I asked him about Jamison Gansey, and he said he is all everything you see advertised. Nearly 30 total touchdowns, uh, you know, has a big arm, uh, can run, athletic QB, of course. But, man, oh, man, he is fun to watch. And Laura Richland can lock up the region there, uh, knocking off and defeating Orangeburg-Wilkinson. I guess she possibly could have a three-way tie, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, Laura Richland can uh, shut it down with a win over OW. Wilson at Marlboro County is always a good game. I know Wilson has kind of slid the last couple of weeks. Uh, they have not looked as good as they did in the first part of the season. Uh, they lost a couple of tough games uh, here recently, especially that Myrtle Beach game uh, to Luke Doty and company on a Thursday night. But Marlboro County, uh, that's in Bennettsville. That is always a tough place to play. I've called games there, and uh, boy, oh boy, do they get up for their football. Bobby Collins is the coach at Marlboro County. Do not be surprised, boys and girls, if Marlboro County is competing for a state championship in two to three years. Bobby Collins is a damn good football coach. I think he's going to get things turned around. Uh, Myrtle Beach at North Myrtle, rivalry game there. I don't think Luke Doty and company will have any trouble uh, with the Chiefs, although North Myrtle's having a good year. They'll be in the playoffs. Uh, but Myrtle Beach at North Myrtle, that is in Little River, South Carolina. Palmetto at Pickens, Westwood at RE. Uh, York is at South Point. Uh, South Point looking to go undefeated on the season. I think we've talked about this on the podcast. You know, South Point, uh, there was a lot of talk in the offseason about. Devontae Holloman, 
how he would be in just his second or third year ever as a head football coach in the high school ranks. There was a lot of talk about players transferring transferring away uh, from South Point, going to Legion Collegiate with Straight Heron. I, I've got some contacts now up in that Rock Hill area, and they told me that that was all overblown. Uh, Devontae Holloman's going to steer the ship just fine, and the talent is still there for South Point. They are going to continue their run uh, here in the near future, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe South Point is still undefeated, and they locked up the region last week. I do know that when they defeated the Ridgeview Blazers, so there you go. Berea at Traveler's Rest. Wren is at Walhalla. The pesky Razorbacks are going to be in the postseason this year. Shout out to Walhalla. Always a tough team, tough out in the postseason. All right, let's go to Classification 5A. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, this is the first time I've been looking at this schedule. So, again, this is just some of the games that jump out to me. Carolina Force at Conway. Of course, you have the East Carolina uh, football commit at quarterback there for Carolina Force, Mason Garcia. That should be a good game there in Conway. Cane Bay is at Berkeley. Spring Valley at Blythewood has got a ton of playoff implications on the line. Here's bottom line. This is a play-in game. All right? The winner of this game is in the playoffs, period. The loser ain't going. It's just that simple. Uh, so if Blythewood gets the win, they're in. Spring Valley wins, they're in. If they lose, chances are they are not getting in. Uh, Irmo and Sumter plays a role in this game, but I don't think anybody thinks, no offense to Sumter, or no offense to Irmo, that Irmo is going to make the upset here. I, I think Sumter is going to take care of business. That game is in Sumter, Irmo and Sumter. So I think the Gamecocks will be just fine there. Fort Mill is at Clover. I'm pretty sure Clover is still undefeated, and they'll finish off the unbeaten season against the Yellow Jackets. Fort Mill having a very down year. Uh, that, uh, Malden at Hillcrest, playoff implications there. Chapin at Nation 4. Lexington at River Bluff. That's for the number two seed behind Dutch Fork in that region in 5A. Northwestern at Rock Hill, of course. That's always a big one over at Historic District 3 Stadium. Uh, this should actually be a pretty good football game. There are two good defenses in that game. Northwestern at Rock Hill. Uh, Gaffney at Spartanburg for senior night. Of course, long-time rivalry there. St. James at Socasty, another rivalry there in Merle's Inlet. West side at Wade Hampton. Some playoff implications there. Uh, as uh, I cover Lugolf Elgin, the Demons could possibly be hosting uh, West Side or T.L. Hanna, who takes on Woodmont. Uh, so I'm going to be keeping an eye on those two games. South Florence is at West Florence. Senior night there uh, at the, uh, I guess that's District 2 Stadium there in West Florence. And Dutch Fork is at White Knoll. So that is your schedule in high school football for Week 10. So I told you a couple of scenarios and games I was looking at. Lugolf Elgin, they locked up their season. That's the team I cover. They're looking very closely at that Spring Valley-Blythewood game. Uh, and you also have games where you're playing for seeding. You're playing for one and two and three and four, of course. Uh, mainly, most regions have been locked up at this point. But I do want to say this. I've heard coaches tell me they almost prefer the two seed going into a game. Um, because you look at the draw, you look at the path that you have, and you, uh, I mean, these coaches all talk to each other, and sometimes they feel like they match up better. They look at the path. Like, for instance, you look at a region like the Demons region with Blythewood, Spring Valley, Irmo, and Sumter. Well, if you finish fourth, you're in the low country. If you finish one or two, you're in the upstate. So it's just a matter of where you want to go, who you match up with. You know, the Demons could be on the road to Somerville, 
or they could be playing host to T.L. Hanna. I always thought that was interesting in 5A, uh, kind of splitting up upper and lower state and at-larges and all that kind of stuff. Uh, all right, so let's get to some of these matchups. This is a quick report from Mike Vaughn out of the upstate on 105.5 The Roar. This is Mike Vaughn going through some of the matchups that I just did and looking at some of the scenarios that you will see on Friday night. Mark, the six teams we're going to talk about right now, in the last four weeks, these six teams have a combined one loss. They've all been playing great region football, and we're going to stick with the roar this week as they uh, travel to Seneca. Pendleton, the Bulldogs under coach Paul Sutherland, will travel to, uh, to Seneca. Both of these teams are undefeated in 3A Region 1, and this will be a big battle. You know, Coach David Crane moved over to Seneca this year and started out 0-5, but now all of a sudden have won four region matches in a row. And the Bobcats looking to upend Pendleton for a region championship. That'll be a big matchup you can hear right on 105.5 The Roar with Qualk and Donnell. That'll be an exciting one. Our second game to watch this week, we mentioned it just a minute ago, Daniel will be at BHP. The Bears looking to try to force a three-way tie. If Belton Honey Pass beats Daniel, you'll you'll go back, Mark. If you if you travel back a few weeks, you'll see that Daniel beat Wren. Wren beat BHP. <laughs> and if the Bears could upset Daniel, then you'd have a three-way tie. It's crazy how this tiebreaker is going to work. We don't have time to get into it now. We'll have to see how it all shakes out as Daniel travels to BHP for the 4A Region 1 title. Staying with 4A, Eastside will be at Greenville. Both of these teams are also undefeated in 4A Region 2, as they're both 4-0 in the region. And the Red Raiders, under first-year coach Greg Porter, will see if they can hold off Eastside to uh, win this region title. So, Three big games, all with region implications this Friday night, Mark. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, starting to wrap things up with Mike Vaughn, his weekly high school football report. Uh, Mike, I want to ask you about uh, the school where my daughter attends, Southside Christian, continues to win football games. It went down to Georgia and uh, got a blowout win last week. How do you see, I, I guess, uh, 2A shaking out as uh, we're heading into the playoffs here soon? So, Mark, that's 2A Region 1. And Southside Christian, of course, is 3-0 and in their region. And uh, let's see who they will be facing up against this week. They'll be at Landrum. I don't see them having any problem yeah, as Landrum is uh, lowest on the totem pole in that region. So the Sabres should have the ability to secure this region championship coming up this Friday night. And I'm sure Coach Sonnenborn will have the Sabres ready to go. All right, there you go. That was Mike Vaughn from 105.5 The Roar. little report on some of the teams in the upstate in that area. We haven't really covered that area on the podcast as of yet, uh, but there's a little glimpse of some of the games going on. All right, let's get to our interview. This is Mike Higgins of 1620 The Dove. Uh, this is uh, a little radio station in West Columbia, uh, but Mike Higgins is the play-by-play voice of the Brooklyn Casey Bearcats. He talks about his start in radio. Uh, he also talks about uh, the joy of doing games for Brooklyn Casey and some old memories of the cage, one of the most historic stadiums in the state, before they moved over to the new stadium right there on the main drag behind the high school. This is Mike Higgins of 1620 The Dove. Here you go. Tyler Cup here on the Primer to Preps podcast. It's uh, been a while since we had a sportscaster sit down, but I'm here with one of my favorites 
in the Midlands area. He is Mike Hagens of 1620 The Dove. He is the play-by-play voice of the Brooklyn KC Bearcats. And uh, whenever I have the chance to listen to a little Bearcat football, a little Bearcat magic, I listen to Mike Hagens. And uh, he's a lot of fun to listen to. We're going to talk to him here uh, in just a second. Mike, got to ask you first and foremost, we all get bit by the radio bug. Um, what bit you? When did it start for you? Uh, what, what, what is your origin story when it comes to radio? Hey, thanks for having me, Tyler, first of all. And it's kind of funny. I started out when I was a kid, uh, like most people of our era, with a tape recorder and a little microphone. And I used to sit in my bedroom, play oldies records that my dad had, uh, Buddy Holly, Elvis, and all those guys, and uh, used to create a radio show with my cousin. Uh, Nobody heard it but our family, but it's, it's the one thing that... Uh, I was always interested in over the years, so that's kind of how I got my first start. And uh, then I got my first job in radio at WQXL, and uh, that was right after I graduated high school, the summer of that year. I had the uh, envious position of running the Sunday morning board. And uh, anybody that's ever been in radio knows that's uh, that's one of the hardest days to get up and going, but uh, that's kind of how I got started. Talking to Mike Higgins of 1620 The Dove now. Mike, tell me this. You own manage 1620 the dove tell me tell me what what your duties are now i mean obviously we're going to get to talking some high school football uh but but tell me uh what what your position job is with 1620 sure it's uh i I was working with uh praise radio 98.5 fm for oh my goodness i was managing that five or six years in regular terrestrial radio so they were we had started doing vc football there for a couple of years and then I got noticed from management that, you know, they, they just were kind of going to try to get away from sports. And uh, to be honest with you, I just just started doing it. And I really – it's something I'd wanted to do since I was a kid as far as doing uh, sports radio and doing play-by-play. And it broke my heart that they were going to get rid of it. So I decided to bound out and uh, start a Part 15 radio station. And uh, we – are predominant on the internet. We're listened to in about 141 countries, every major city in the uh, U.S. And uh, we started out with BC Sports as a way to reach the community. I didn't have a time limit as far as doing coaches shows or uh, doing a show we call Inside the Cage where we uh, talk to different coaches, talk to the BC football coach, and spend about 30 minutes just going over BC Sports. So I did that, uh, started that, gosh, it's been 2013 was the first year. So it's been over six years now in May. And uh, that's kind of how I got started with that. And uh, I own the station. I manage it. I I, uh, make the Gatorade at halftime. I do a little bit of everything. Look, it's a lot of fun, and I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Making the Gatorade at halftime. I love it. Uh, he is Mike Hagan, 1620 The Dove, uh, calls Brooklyn Casey Bearcat football games. Well, Mike, uh, with Brooklyn Casey football, when I listen to the ads, I've listened to Inside the Cage with Coach Rusty Sharpie. Um, the ads that you play, I feel like a majority of them are Brooklyn Casey alums uh, that own businesses. And I think one ad, it actually says, you know, uh, BC alum, 1982, BC alum, like they, they're saying the years they graduate, that is as local as it gets. And I just love that facet of your radio station and your ads. Oh, thanks so much, Tyler. That's my favorite part too. And 
I do believe every member of our uh, we've got a couple of airport folks on board, but almost the whole uh, almost all of our advertisers are BC alum, and that that really makes you feel good. It, it's a school like no other. I know everybody says that, but there's such a deep love for that school going back to its first year in existence in 1932, and it's just such a rich tradition and. Uh, people that went to that school feel so strongly about it. They're willing to put their money where their mouth is, and uh, that that means a lot to my station. Is we do both football, basketball, and baseball, so really comes in handy. A couple of things I want to talk to you about. Let's get to the football game at hand. I called you last night, and I told you that I want to have you on not just to talk about your career, but also the huge game with implications. Uh, on the line this Friday night, Brooklyn Casey and Airport, a very unique situation. I'm not sure how many teams in the entire state of South Carolina play twice in a season. They play at the beginning of the year, and then they play at the end of the year. And in this certain case, Brooklyn Casey and Airport, they do that. They play in the beginning of the year, and in that game, it's non-conference, so it has no bearing on the playoffs. But then when they play again at the end of the season, it, of course, counts towards the region. Again, I'm not sure how many teams do that in the state of South Carolina, but I think this is fantastic because both teams are undefeated in the region, and this is for all the marbles. So you've got first place in the region on the line. You've got uh, you know uh, playoff drawings on the line. And, oh, by the way, it's Brooklyn Casey and Airport, one of the longest rivalries in the Columbia area, and there's bragging rights on the line. I think this is going to be a fantastic atmosphere on Friday night. Yeah, Tyler, they've been playing since 1960, and Airport's got about a 20-game advantage in the overall series. They've played over 100 games, uh, but it's really it, it really didn't become a series, though, and one that was competitive until Coach Rusty Sharpie came nine years ago. We had When he got here, we had already lost to them something like 15 games in a row. Uh, they, had, they had T-shirts in the stands mocking our fans and players, and uh, just like you expect any good rivalry to be. But tell you what, last five years, BC has really dominated this rivalry. We lost last year's ending game with a chance to win the region title at home on a Sunday because there was some bad weather that Friday night. And uh, you talk about heartbreak. I don't think anybody saw that game coming after we dominated the first game. And that's one thing about playing twice in a year. You really don't know what you're going to get. Not sure if I'm a big fan of it. I think it kind of takes away from – the rivalry myself playing two games, but so many people love it, and it's such a, a gate buster for both schools. So I don't see that going. As long as we're in the same region when realignment comes next year, uh, which truly I, I feel like BC may be a 3A team again next year. We've got just at 990 students, and airport comes in at about 1,400. So there's a big difference in, in students, but we, for whatever reason, Coach Sharpie has seemed to have their number and uh, we've got a good football team this year. When you look at the matchup between the two, uh, Airport with no region losses, BC with no region losses. We beat them the first go-round, 35-32. Had a pretty big lead in for most of that game, and they came roaring back. Uh, and we ended the game on their five-yard line. Coach Sharpie decides to take a knee, show some class, and uh, that's how the first game ended. But when you look at these two teams at paper, uh, Airport is squeaked by in two games this year. Midland Valley on a last-second field goal. We beat, we being BC, beat Midland Valley 42 to nothing. They had a running clock for the entire second half, and they won uh, against North. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, North Augusta. 
by a field goal at the end as well, and we beat them 42-21, to 21, I believe. And uh, the, the story for BC this year has been their defense. Uh, last nine quarters, they've shut out opponents. They just gave up one touchdown against Aiken in that nine-quarter stretch. And uh, Will Way, one of the – I'm really surprised he's not on any all-star teams. Really one of the best offense, uh, offensive weapons in high school football this season. Uh, he had a stretch of three games where he had over 200 yards. And kind of the, the beginning of our season when we started turning things around was that Newberry game, our last non-region game. Will had like 208 yards. And we haven't lost since then. That was our uh, that was the beginning of our five game win streak. So this should be a good game. Air Force got a lot of weapons too. Uh, uh, nobody as good as Butch Lawrence. So it uh, should be a great game, Tyler. Absolutely, and that is Brooklyn Casey and Airport. That is for first place in the region uh, between the Bearcats and the Airport Eagles. All right, so I want to get a little serious here before we end the program. You have been dealing with uh, some health issues, and you did not call the first handful of games this season because you were in dialysis. You have struggled with this uh, for a little while in terms of health issues, and this was really hard for you to deal with on a Friday night. Uh, and and I know you probably got an outpouring of support, and um, you had you were able to have somebody fill in and help for you, but uh, that had to be rough not calling the first couple of games for your BC Bearcats really did. I've been doing this football-wise. I've been covering football for 11 years, basketball for 12, and never missed a game. Uh, I was doing dialysis on the morning of August the 6th, and I went in to get my blood pressure checked before they hooked me up, and uh, just as soon as they put the cuff around my arm, I passed right out and hit my head on the floor, and they were worried about me, and they set me back in the chair they were originally going to do dialysis on me, but I started vomiting at the time, and they realized it was a head injury then. So they called the ER and got them to pick me up in an ambulance. Thankfully, I was right by Richland Memorial, and, and this is where I don't remember anything. I remember them willing me in the room, and uh, that's the last thing I remember. They said I was talking to my mom, who was at Myrtle Beach with my youngest son, and told him not to worry about me. I was fine. And during that conversation, I had a seizure, and uh, it, it was a pretty bad one. So it incapacitated me. I was in a coma for three days, and uh, that I wouldn't wake up from the medicine. That I finally woke up after three days, and then didn't sleep for three straight days. Was having hallucinations, which I don't. I remember some strange stuff, but it was it was a weird time. I can laugh about it now, but uh, I was in the hospital for over two weeks, and. Uh, they say for every day you're in the hospital, you lose something like 20% of your body capacity of what you can do. So I, I literally could not even walk a step. I'd lost the ability to walk, so I had to spend two weeks in rehab and uh, took another month of home rehab before I could actually walk and come back and do the games because we have a pretty you know pretty big staircase at BC to get to and from games. And uh, with a lot of help from the coaches, they were able to get me up in there and uh, now things are looking really bright for me. I've got a kidney donor. I've eventually got to get a new kidney, and uh, I've got a lot. I've got a live donor, which is the best you can get. He was a dear friend of mine and a former assistant coach on the football team. He's he's my best friend, Matt Edwards, and I know he wouldn't like any publicity. He's so he's so humble about the whole situation. But we're looking at maybe November or December for a transplant and maybe being off my feet for about three or four weeks and then back to normal and 
uh, back to doing a full slate of games. Well, that's great to hear, Mike. I actually didn't know the last part of that story that you found a donor. That's uh, that's good to hear. All right. Um, I got to ask you one last thing. You used to broadcast games in one of my favorite stadiums in the Midlands, and that was the old cage. Well, the cage has been updated. It has been updated to a sprawling complex um, there in Casey, right off the main drag in Casey. And now it's one of the most beautiful stadiums in the area, if not the state. I would argue that. Um, but give me your give me your best memories in the cage. Uh, I went there for a couple Camden games uh, and I think one Lugoff game. Uh, but the, the thing about the cage was it was almost on field level. It, it was not a big stadium. Um, I've heard stories of people broadcasting on top of the building across the bleachers. Um, I've heard people broadcast on top of the press box. Um, but uh, very unique stadium right next to a church. Give me, give me some of your memories of the old cage. Well, I'll tell you what. It's good and bad. I, I'm so glad to be at the new place with the new press box, but the old cage had so much mystique about it. And uh, back that was back when I first started doing it the first two years, and we were an atrocious football program and had great great head coach. He just, for whatever reason, we couldn't get things going, and that was the uh, late, great Abby Bray, who uh, passed away about five years ago. Just, uh, just loved that man. What a great coach. But uh, one of the best memories I have there is breaking a long losing streak and uh, knocking off Batesburg Leesville on a Monday night because we had a downpour of rain that Friday evening, so they moved the game to Monday, and it was just electric. It was back and forth all night. Uh, another great game I remember there was against Midland Valley. Uh, 19 penalties in that game, Tyler. All of them were against BC. <laughs> oh, Lord. You don't ever see that. And the uh, uh, one of the uh, referees was from that area, and the visiting stands were right beside our broadcast position. And as he was walking off the field, he was waving to his family and friends. <laughs> you can imagine that didn't sit well with the home crowd too well. But, yeah, we actually we, – we didn't even broadcast. I used maybe two or three times in the press box when it had rain. But we broadcast on the building across from the field. We had to climb up the uh, a ladder that was a little bit shaky and get up in the uh, – uh, on top of the building, which was – an incredible view. It, it was a wonderful view. I couldn't oh, yeah. complain about it. I just always had to worry about rain. But uh, it was a magical place, really a fun place. But uh, do I miss it? Eh, sometimes. But tell you what, you can't beat the new stadium. And it's, I tell you what, like you said, it's maybe one of the most beautiful in the state. Well, Mike Hagan, 1620, The Dove, give us the promo. How can we listen on Friday night to the big game, Brooklyn Casey and Airport? If you're in the Casey West Columbia area, you can listen to 1620 AM. Uh, best way to listen, though, you're going to get the best signal is listening to online. And that's, there's two ways you can do that. You can listen. You can go to our website, thedove1620.com, click on Listen Live, or you can download our app, The Dove 1620, whether you've got an iPhone or an Android. Uh, that's predominantly most of our listeners. They'll take their phone in the game and listen with their headset. And uh, you can also listen on mixlr.com slash Sports. That's two ways you can listen to. And, uh, of course, download our free app, and you'll be able to listen to everything. All right, there you have it. Mike Hagan, 1620 The Dove, the play-by-play voice of the Brooklyn Casey Bearcats. Appreciate Mike Hagan spending some time with us. All right, I decided I wanted to do one more thing before we end the podcast. I know I'm just kind of throwing stuff out. Uh, this is... A little thrown together, but it's been a busy week for me as I'm uh, changing jobs. 
heading from uh, PUB Radio to uh, WRHI in Rock Hill. So I've been doing a lot of moving around, uh, uh, talking to old clients and trying to get things arranged up in the Rock Hill area. But I thought about this. We have a local high school coaches hour here on 102.7 locally. And Matt Campbell said some really interesting things that I, I think should be brought to the attention of folks that listen to this show. Granted, you know, this is Lugolf Village in a very small uh, cog in the wheel of high school football. They're not a Burns. They're not a Dorman. They're not a Dutch Fort. But they are a 5A program. And they are in an interesting position where they have a bye on Week 10. Their season's done. But they're in the playoffs. So they're looking on a Friday night. You have a coach who can go to a game that decides his fate, or he can go to two other games, actually three other games, a group of teams that he may or may not see. And I thought this was a very interesting conversation I had. Uh, This is Matt Campbell, the head football coach of Lugolf Elgin, who not only is a former North Augusta Yellow Jacket, he was the number one prospect in the state in 1989 before Mr. Football even started. He went on to play for the South Carolina Gamecocks, and then he was one of the original 10 Carolina Panthers. He's also a guy that was on that North Augusta 1989 team. Deep, deep, deep high school football fans will remember this. North Augusta lost seven games that year, went on to win the state championship. They started 0-6, and they're the only team with a losing record to win a state title. Matt Campbell was a big part of that team. So we talk about that a little bit and how that plays into a 4-6 and six Lugolf Elgin team that's about to enter the playoffs. Here's a little bit of the High School Coaches Hour with Matt Campbell. Really interesting stuff here. Final segment, Lugolf Elgin portion of the High School Coaches Hour. No game to talk about, not yet. The Demons are in the playoffs. They have a bye week in Week 10, which I've had multiple, multiple media members and, and Lugolf fans say, how is that possible? Guys, we had this last year, too. <laughs> and, the year before, and the year before and the year before that. It just gets lost in the shuffle sometimes, especially if you don't make the postseason, which we didn't last year. So the Demons are in the playoffs. We get a week of rest and a week to look at a potential playoff opponent. So here's the scenario. Um, we don't want to get too complicated here. It does involve Irmo and Sumter, and no disrespect to Irmo, but it's going to be tough for the Yellow Jackets to knock off the Sumter Gamecocks. They do play a role in that, though. But the bottom line, from what I understand, is this, Matt Campbell. If Spring Valley beats Blythewood, we are on the road. If Blythewood beats Spring Valley, uh, we are at home hosting in second place in the region. So saying all that, how do you prepare for potentially – four different teams because you're looking at the loser of, you know, Somerville and Fort Dorchester. I think T.L. Hannah Westside is involved in there. How do you prepare for multiple teams uh, with a week off? You know, you you can't control what you can't control. I mean, it's simple as that. So what we're doing is this week, uh, our practices are focused on us. Sure. Trying to correct the mistakes, trying to work on the base fundamentals, you know, that we build our entire program off of, whether it's defense or offense we're working on. You know, the little detail work that, that's going to help us be better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, our destiny is controlled through the Spring Valley-Blythewood game, unfortunately. You know, if we'd have handled our business against Spring Valley, we wouldn't have to worry about that. But, uh, you know, we're excited about the opportunity, you know, that our, that our kids have created for us. And, you know, obviously we're going to keep an eye on those games, but it's, you know, what games are you go look at. Fortunately, in today's day and age, we've got huddle. So, you know, huddle. through huddle, we can get plenty of film and yeah. we can we can maybe get a hold of some film prior to 
knowing who we're playing and take some sneak peeks and just kind of get some ideas in our head. But, uh, you know, heck, I don't know what game I'm going to. I'm, I may just go over there and watch that old Blythewood Spring Valley game <laughs> and see what happens and have a better idea. Yeah, you know, that that's a tough one to call there, Matt, because do you go to Blythewood Spring Valley and see where your fate is going to be, or do you go to a potential game of two teams you might see in a Fort D in Somerville? If I remember correctly, a couple years ago when we made the playoffs, you actually made the trip, uh, I think, to Berkeley or something like that. You had, you had actually known pretty much who you were going to play in terms of opponents, but this is tough for you on a Friday night. Yeah, you know, back then you, we didn't know that, that Berkeley was going to be the team, and or we knew it was going to be Buford, and Buford was playing at Berkeley, yeah, so we, yeah, went to, Berkeley. Went, we went and watched that. Um, you know, this year there, there's a lot of questions. You know, like you said, in the lower state, Somerville's playing Fort D. You know, loser of that would be playing the number three seed in the lower state. And then in the upper state, you got uh, Hannah and Westside that are in there vying for everything, but they're not playing this week. So I think Westside is at Wade Hampton, I believe, and I think – Hannah may be with Woodmont. I'm not exactly 100% sure. <clears throat> but you're talking about really four different games that, that, you know, will affect us. You know, obviously the first one being the, the Blythewood Spring Valley game. So, you know, going to a game like that, uh, you know, what you're going to get out of it, you're not going to have time to sit there and watch the game as it happens and be able to evaluate what you need to do. Um, you're you're going to see those kids on the hoof. You're going to see a little bit of game speed. But honestly, creating a game plan and all that, you know, that's going to be done, you know, that weekend, you know, in, in our preparation on Sunday. I know you've only had a couple days uh, with the boys in terms of practice, but how has it been kind of releasing that angst of, oh, okay, we get a week, we're in the playoffs. How's it been for the boys in practice and uh, maybe kind of update on healing some injuries? We don't have a lot. No, you know, we're fortunate. We're, we're pretty healthy right now. Um, you know, we're going out right now. We're just going out in helmets and jerseys, like I said, working on fundamentals of, you know, each position, working on fundamentals of offense, fundamentals of defense, and working special teams, just trying to tighten everything up. Uh, you know, obviously the kids are excited, you know, but we're at that point. It was kind of like last week's game, when you're in. Well, now we're at that point of when you're, you continue, lose, you're out. So, you know, my message to them yesterday was you've worked so hard to create this opportunity. Let's make sure we don't waste any opportunities at practice to try to help us in, in this, you know, challenge. We're going to go a little late. I just want to ask one more question here. It was brought up by you. It was brought up by your uh, uh, lovely wife, Janine. Uh, the fact that once upon a time, well, 30 years ago, 1989, the North Augusta team led by Matt Campbell, the number one prospect in the state, uh, when you played for the Yellow Jackets, uh, had a losing record and had six losses to end the season. And they made a run to the state championship. I don't know if that will be brought up, if that has been brought up, but you couldn't help but bring it up Friday night because it, it brought back memories of, of a team that did not start off great. I think you guys started 0-6. We started 0-6. Yeah, started 0-6. So, so uh, kind of take me through the flashbacks you got Friday night. You know, uh, we're in the exact same position. Sure. Um, you know, back then, the only difference between then and now is we played 11 games back then. So we were 4-7 and seven at the end of the regular season. And it's just new life, man. It, it, when you're at this point in the season, it's new life. There are no records. This is really the third phase of the season. You got, you know, non-region, you got region, then you got playoffs. So, you know, at this point, let's, let's forget about what's happened. Let's try to build on the, the positives that we've done. 
and let's keep looking forward. And, and I, you know, I, I brought it up to the kids last week. Um, you know, the situation I was fortunate enough to be a part of back in North Augusta, but you you will never be able to convince me that we do not have a chance. And and it's because of the foundation that was laid down at North Augusta with Bill Utsi. Crazy things happen in the playoffs in high school football. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> that is true. He is Matt Campbell, head football coach, Lugoff Elgin Demons. I'm Tyler Cup. That is the Lugoff Elgin portion of the high school coaches hour. All right, so there you go. That was uh, Matt Campbell and myself talking about that 1989 season with North Augusta and talking about what a coach will do on his final night. Very rare to have a football team with a bye week on week 10, but I thought that was some good stuff there. So, all right, so that's the Palmetto Preps podcast, the rundown. Hope you enjoyed that. I thought we pretty much covered all the bases in week 10. Uh, hope your team wins. And I uh, hope we see some good football on Friday. I'll try to do a scoreboard show again on Friday night. I really enjoy that, just kind of going through with my thoughts and what I see from the games. My thanks to Chris Clark at Gamecock Central. And my thanks to you for tuning in. I'm Tyler Cup. This has been The Rundown on Palmetto Preps. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.